Hi, I'm Daniel Lenzian, host of Western New York Soundstage from Buffalo Rising and Local Matters Studios. Western New York Soundstage is a podcast that looks to explore Western New York's creative economy through a series of conversations with artists, musicians, producers, directors, and authors from Western New York and beyond. On November 13th, 2023, an evening of music with Valerie June, Rachel Davis, Dow, and Yasmin Williams will be at Asbury Hall at Babeville in Buffalo, New York. This powerhouse collective of women from uniquely different backgrounds, ages, and views share united auras of sound and music. This evening of music and song promises to be an unforgettable night out. For this episode, I had the pleasure of talking to Valerie June, the Grammy-nominated artist from Tennessee. Now, according to her bio, she's been hailed by the New York Times as one of America's most intriguing, fully formed new talents. A musician, singer, songwriter, poet, illustrator, actor, certified yoga and mindfulness meditation instructor, and author, she has honorably served as a turnaround artist working with students for the President's Committee for the Arts and Humanities and continues serving through the Kennedy Center. In this episode, we discuss her inspirations, some of her albums, covering existing musical material, writing new music, her books, and the evening of music at Asbury Hall. Tickets are still available for that event, and they're at babevillebuffalo.com, and a link for the tickets will be in the show notes associated with this episode. Valerie was a joy to talk to, and I'm so excited to share this inspiring conversation with you. Valerie, thank you so much for chatting with me today. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I'd love to know, have you been to Buffalo before? I have been to Buffalo. I played at Ani DeFranco's place then. It was several years ago, though, so it'll be great to get back. I'm excited. Fantastic. We can't wait to have you here. I write an event guide weekly for Buffalo Rising, and or actually bi-weekly. It will be weekly soon. And I find it so difficult to describe music. And I think really what you create truly defies uh, description. You blend folk, soul, blues, and traditional Appalachian elements. Please correct me if I'm wrong. In an interview, you once called your music uh, organic moonshine music. Is that correct? Yes, it, I did years ago. I think that that's a, such a that fabulous description. What sounds inspire you to make the music that uh, you do? Really, sounds from nature inspire me. And then I transfer that to human terms, which would be <laughs> bird song and banjo or guitar or vocal kind of melodies. Then I invite in friends. Like on this tour, I'm going to have Yasmin Williams and Tao and Rachel Davis. And then friends bring their own inspiration from different places. So, and when I'm on the road with my band, which is totally different than all the guys that I play with have their own musical ideas and inspiration. So all of that comes together to just form whatever we're feeling in the moment. I love that. Your voice is so unique and powerful. When did you realize that you could move people? I think when I was really young, just going to church and singing alongside everyone else at church because we didn't have a choir, but all of us just singing and being in our space, but knowing that my voice was a little different than everyone else's that was in the room, but that didn't stop me from singing. It made me want to sing more. (laughs) That's amazing. Uh, Your recent EP, Undercover, is a collection of songs that uh, are cover songs, but what about a song reaches out to you and demands to be covered? Oh, wow. Well, 
for those songs, there are songs that I would be able to listen to on repeat for a decade or more. So they're just songs that I love, love, loved that just stuck with me. And I kept returning to those songs. And, and then I said, well, why don't I just, we're all for the, during the pandemic and we all miss being on the road, me and my band. So why don't we just book some studio time and go make, make music and have fun? We all at that time did our COVID checks and, and arranged our lives to be like super safe so we could go in the studio and just have fun making music because we miss traveling and we miss being on stage and sharing our art. So that was just something we didn't even think we were making a record. We were just going to record and have fun. And it ends up being a record that's amazing is there a track from that uh, record that sort of surprised you or that you kind of come back to or that you'd love to direct listeners to well fade into you is the biggest surprise for me i'm just so surprised at how many people love that song and my version in particular because mazzy star who doesn't love hope's voice her voice is like you were talking about my voice is very distinctive and and when you hear it you're just like oh that's Mazzy Star. So <laughs> to have me cover the song and, and then people like embrace it, that really shocked me. I love that. I wish you'd play that one for the listeners if you get a chance. <laughs> we'll have to check with sort of uh, rights and availability. But if we can, I would love to do that. Or I would love to direct them just to go to the streaming app, uh, uh, platform of their choice and do that right now. You also write your own music and your last album, The Moon and Stars, Prescriptions for Dreamers. And what a great title that is, uh, was all original music. What comes first for you, the music, the sound or the lyrics? The first thing that comes for me is usually like singing and the and the voices because that's how I started writing. I think that I'm just coming into my own as a musician. So mastering my my instruments, that's late in life for me. I didn't start that until I was in my early 20s. But singing started from birth and they used to have to tell me to shut up around the house because I was singing. <laughs> All day, I would just be singing, 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 getting on everybody's nerves. So the thing is, for me, I think it starts where I started when I was a kid, playing in the, sand, in the sandbox or on the playground with the voice. And then from there, it moves to the instruments. But other certain songs, like songs from different records, like Working Woman Blues is from an early record, that came music first. So as I become a better musician, then songs do start to come with just music first and then the lyrics come after. But I think it starts with the instrument that I started with first, which was my voice. Mm. Can you tell us a little bit about the title of that record, The Moon and Stars Prescriptions for Dreamers? What a, I said, it's such an evocative title. Where did it come from? Well, it came from knowing that it was time to like share a side of myself that the record before it, The Order of Time, alludes to with the song um astral plane and that song deals with the ether it deals with the stratosphere with space with magic with hope with dreams with adventures and inspiration and wonder and i feel that like we were in a time where you know so much was going on in the world politically and so much was going on in people's homes and in our, in our lives we were dealing with the pandemic and we were overwhelmed with a lot and i think it's very important in those times when we're 
dealing with a lot and we're facing darkness to really, really, really embrace joy, embrace dreams, embrace magic and imagination, because that's how you create beautiful situations. That's how you turn a dark situation into something bright is that you acknowledge, yes, this is a dark time, but then you start to reach toward the moon and the stars and you start to dream and you start to have hope. And because we still are in many ways in the world dealing with so much heaviness and and war. And because of that, it's important that we write our own prescriptions for what the new world could look like. What could tomorrow look like if we all chose peace, if we all chose to cease fire and attacks and things of that sort. What could we dream up? And I don't even think that we've touched the the surface or even the tip of what's possible for positivity and beauty in the world. We haven't even touched it because we've been so busy trying to just survive and make it through these days and make it through the hard times and the and the challenges that we haven't even caught our breath enough to really embrace what a new joyful planet could look like, a healed planet, a planet that's healed from all that we're dealing with, even with climate change. You know, whether you're in the midst of a war personally or not, we're all dealing with a lot every day. So dreams, magic, adventure, reaching for the moon and stars was to me my way of inspiring my listeners to to hope for something new and to bring it forth. It's an action. It's not just something that we sit down and do a mantra to, you know, yeah. it's actually we, we have to embody this, you know. Absolutely. That is incredibly inspiring. Is there a song or a track you'd love to point our listeners to on that album? Oh, well, I really love the song You and I because mm. it's a song for togetherness. It could also be sang as a song just for lovers. But to me, it's a a song for togetherness and for friendship. I love that. I feel so inspired with what you just said. I asked the question about kind of music or lyrics. I was wondering because you were also an author of books. Your last book was Light Beams, a workbook for being your badass self. You have a book called Maps from the Modern World and Somebody to Love. What inspired you to write? That came really from making a shift where I hear songs, they're sung to me, and I started to hear poems when my father passed away. So that led me to write the book Maps for the Modern World. And then I decided that maps isn't enough. I think everyone has a song or a poem or some story in them. And so I wanted to do a guided journal because I wanted to put something out there that had all these blank pages for a person to feel for themselves. Like you would sit, you would read these prompts. Like there's a prompt in there for forest bathing. There's a prompt for high water meditation where you go and sit by the river and you just watch the waves. So what do you see when you see the river? Do you see that it connects us all? That it connects us not only to our neighbor or a friend or an enemy or whoever it is, but it connects us to nature too. And so there's different spells and wishes, like there's a tree therapy spell and you would go and you would sit with your favorite tree. It's really just a bunch of hippie shit, really, to reconnect us with each other. <laughs> but I'm in. I'm in. I was like, this is amazing. It's thinking like an artist. It's thinking like a human. It's thinking like a spiritual person. I'm so <laughs> I have to get a copy immediately. How, does, uh, how did writing the books maybe inform your musical practice? I definitely feel that the books keep me in tune with the musical practice because what they do is these are practices that 
they've been given to me by my ancestors mm. through growing up in nature and through like spending time with the moon and hanging out listening to the little frogs sing in the backyard with the pond or listening to the busy streets of a city when I'm touring or whatever it might be just surrounding myself with, with the spirit of whatever whatever's happening around and so these practices they make me listen to the music of the world around me and that then informs the first question you asked me which is where do it where's where does this come from this music it comes from listening to what's happening around me <laughs> so when I can stay in tune with that then I think I can be a better creator I can be a better musician Thank you so much. Uh, you are coming to Asbury Hall in Buffalo with an evening of music with Valerie June, Rachel Davis, Tao, and Yasmin Williams. Can you tell us a little bit about the origin of that collaboration? Oh, yes. I'm so excited. We started in, it was Ann Arbor and then Ann Arbor Folk Fest. And the promoter invited us all to come there and be on a panel. And the panel was very specific. It was dealing with talking about banjo because we all play banjo. But these women are so incredible at literally playing anything they put their hands on. They play keys, they play guitar, like anything and so, ukuleles and so I was like we are having so much fun on the stage why don't we like book a few shows and go and share our music with like each person will play their own songs we'll do some collaborative performances through the night and why don't we share this with others you know in our towns and our followings and so we decided to do this joint tour it's almost like a review where we all go on stage and we all share each other's songs and play on each other's songs and there's similar things that happen in Nashville style music realm where you have different songwriters on stage and each one plays a, a song and then if other musicians wish to they can join in and it happens a lot at different festivals that I've been to like Edmonton Folk Festival or Newport Folk Festival or Winnipeg different ones they will put you on a workshop with other musicians and the best music comes from it you never know what you're gonna get and it's so great <laughs> mm. Mm, that sounds amazing. You've performed with this group before in different sort of venues. How has the audience response been to seeing the four of you or hearing the four of you on stage? Wow. The audience is the best part because the audience is so responsive to each performer. And they would even, in a, in a crowd of like 300 or 400 people, sometimes a person would be shy to ask a question. <laughs> <laughs> but the audience is very involved in these performances. And if they if we play a song, the audience is curious. They don't feel like, you know, afraid at all to be like, hey, what's up with this? Or if they're curious about the style that a person is playing, because what you see when you see this many women on stage performing is different styles. Mm -hmm. And like, for example, she's very much from an African tradition. Tao, she's like a rock and roller. Um, Rachel, she was raised learning bluegrass from her father. Other. So each person's style, you were talking about my style and how my style encompasses so much. Well, this show will encompass so much that it leaves the listeners very curious, you know. And in a sense, I do children's music, too. And I wrote a kid's book that went out with Jack White's book company called Third Man Books. And when I go in and I show children a banjo or ukulele and a guitar for the first time, you should see how big their eyes get. 
this show does that for adults. It ignites our inner curiosity about what's happening with this music and how does all of it fit together and how really when we look at American music, there is a similar thread that runs between all the genres. And so it's a really cool way to kind of bring together people through music, which I think that's the goal of music anyway, is how we bring together people through different cultures and backgrounds and beliefs. And that's what this story is. Mm, mm, yeah, I'm sure it's like sort of it brings us together, but also revitalizes us, right? Oh, totally, totally. Some of the stories of these songs that the ladies play <laughs> crack me up. You'll be laughing, crying sometimes that happens too. So there's a lot that happens in the show. Mm. No, I'm getting chills. That's amazing. You are a total artist. I'd love to ask, how do you maintain your artistic practices while touring? Oh, wow. That's, yeah, a lot. You know, it's got to be every day from the time I wake up till the time I go to sleep is very calculated in the way that I'm like staying in my mindset for the performance for the next day's travel in the sense of I have to do yoga every day. I have to go for my walk every day. I have to do my, you know, breath work while I'm sitting in a car on a plane as I'm traveling to the next performance. I have to make sure I get enough sleep. I have to have enough water. You know, like these are all things that after 20 years on the road, I've learned how and when to do what. Because if you drink water at the wrong time and you're on the road, then you're pulling over every five seconds. So (laughs) I've definitely got the day planned from 6 a.m. till the time I go to bed, even if it's 1 a.m., you know. Fantastic. I'd love to ask, and this is my final question. Do you have any advice for young performers or people who might be starting out or considering a career maybe in the music industry or considering just playing for fun? Do you have any advice for them? I'm starting to, because I have been doing this for a while, advice is coming to me and I'm starting to write it down in my journals because Before I would answer this question, I'd be like, I don't know, be yourself. But now I can say, like, don't just be yourself. Be yourself, but also realize that every single person you meet matters. Every single story, even if it's a person like who, you know, you don't think their story really resonates with you or whatever. Every story matters. Even the people who are working at the venues as security or cleaning the venue afterwards. All of these stories matter and they matter just as much as if you get to be on the Colbert show or you get to do Seth Myers or you get to do Saturday Night Live. Every story matters and remembering who the people are, remembering, you know, what they've done, because everybody is working so hard when you have a show from the promoter to their assistants to your agents. Everyone is working so hard to make sure that it's a beautiful night for people who've also gone to their jobs every day and and had to come home and do chores for themselves and they're tired or whatever. You know, when you share music and you're entertaining people, you are creating a space. And it takes a community to create that space for people to come and relax and enjoy a moment with others that they can just appreciate art. And so everyone who's making that happen, everyone, the radio people, 
you got to say thank you always. And you always have to remember that they are the ones who make it possible for you to share your art. And especially fans. <laughs> fans are huge. So, but no matter whether you got one fan or you got one million fans, everyone around the fans, all these behind the scenes people, they matter. Mm. Mm. You know, I love that. I also think, too, it really speaks to the power of just live performance or live music. I can't necessarily remember who I saw on TV a couple nights ago. They've affected me. But when I see someone live in person playing in front of me with that energy, I never forget it. I'm the same. I can remember so many shows over the years. And then also, I remember, too, when I get to meet the entertainer and how special that is, too. So many times at these performances, we'll have enough energy to come out and say hello to people who attend the performances. And so I think all of that's really special to have the time to connect with people. Really, that's what we're trying to do with music. So that's what I'm looking forward to anyway. If we're able to make it happen, we're going to make it happen. Awesome. Valerie, I hope you don't mind me saying this was a very special interview for me. I really enjoyed talking with you. Those are my questions, but I'd love to sort of end an interview by asking, is there anything that you feel was left unsaid or anything that you'd like to share with our listeners? No, I think it was a really wonderful interview. I'm happy to start my day with a cup of tea with you. Oh, thank you very much. The same. (laughs) Really, I feel so inspired and enlivened, and I can't wait for you to come to Buffalo. Thank you so much for chatting with me. Thank you. Have a great day, Dan. You too. Bye-bye. It was so great to chat with Valerie June. Tickets for An Evening of Music with Valerie June, Rachel Davis, Dow, and Yasmin Williams, which will be at Buffalo's Asbury Hall on November 13th at 8 p.m., are available at babefillbuffalo.com and at the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with more episodes where we will explore our local creative economy through a series of conversations with artists, musicians, producers, directors, and authors from Western New York and beyond. This episode was produced by Jessica Marinelli. Addison Schoonmacher engineered this episode. In addition to our podcast, you can check out our local event guides posted bi-monthly at buffalorising.com. Make sure you subscribe to the show. If you like the show, please recommend it to a friend. Thanks for listening to Western New York Soundstage from Buffalo Rising and Local Matters Studios.